Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Yesterday, the analogy that I used was an airplane not keeping enough speed to stay in the air. Kind of feel still kind of proper. We have a little bit of hesitancy on the markets right now. It's a long, news-laden, lackluster week. A rash of corporate earnings news. Most of it better than expected. A rash of economic data, much of it weaker than expected. A lot of Fed speak talking about inflation, keeping interest rates high for longer periods of time, as well as probably one more interest rate hike. That combination, that trio, corporate earnings, pretty good, is keeping us from falling apart. Economic data, weaker than expected, is, is tempering our earnings guidance into the coming months. And the Fed speak is raising the cost of borrowing money. Procter & Gamble, CSX, PPG Industries, Regions Financials, Freeport MacMoran, HCA Healthcare, all reported quarterly results. All nice. Nothing upsetting. There's declines today in Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Meta. A little bit of a selling the big boys, the big tech boys before earnings that they report next week. It's not a wide, it's not a market. How do I say this? It's not a market that's falling apart. It's not a market that's hitting its stride. It's digesting a lot of earnings right now. You're seeing rising treasury yields. You're seeing weakness in the mega cap space. Mega cap stocks are the big loser today. The Vanguard Mega Cap Growth Index, ticker symbol MGK. It's down one half of a percent versus the Dow Jones and versus the SP 500, down two tenths of a percent. That's the story. That's it, right there in a nutshell. Nothing crazy going on. Yesterday, we got to see um, some of the. Uh, people being fired from Meta and how they're moving on with their lives via going to LinkedIn and saying, I got fired. I got laid off. I need a job. So we know a lot of highly technical people at Meta lost their jobs in the recent round. We could see it from their resumes. One Fed speaker today is saying that we need to see Rates above 5%. That's Loretta Meister. She said interest rates need to rise above 5% given stubborn inflation, but how much above 5% will depend on economic and financial developments. She thinks that we've given stubborn inflation uh, a good fight, but that the strong labor market is stopping it from really coming back back down to that 2% level that the Fed wants to see inflation at. Policy rate now stands at four, oh, basically 5%. So she thinks another move higher could do it. 
She's a non-voting member. She said the Fed is closer to the end of the technique journey than the beginning. She said she'll wait until the next policy meeting to decide whether rates should be raised at that meeting or at a later one. Okay. So we're picking up what, what she's putting down. You want to get your calls on the air? It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's move on to some of the other stories out there. Um, yesterday, we had a red day. Nothing crazy. Again, it's it's just a, a blah kind of week where we're seeing earnings and economic data that says earnings are okay. And economic data is slightly below average. We saw a big rocket ship blow up. Elon Musk makes um, the appearance in the news cycle yet again, right? Um, The Pope has lost his verification on Twitter. I just throw that out there for you because I think it's kind of funny. LeBron James says he wasn't going to pay for the blue check mark. And then he still has the blue check mark. He says he didn't pay for it. Maybe one of his people did. Maybe Elon Musk did to kind of troll him a little bit. But the Pope lost his check mark. Tesla was a big loser yesterday after reporting disappointing earnings, especially tied towards margin compression. I thought Elon Musk did a nice job. I say it every time the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, it raises the cost of car for the average person. I see that you're borrowing money at a five and a quarter percent as a a bank. You're going to lend it to me at maybe six and a quarter percent for a car loan. They're going to get the one to two percent difference. It's, it's the cost of borrowing has gone up. So SpaceX uh, employees popped champagne yesterday. Starship has until 2025 to stop exploding. That's when SpaceX is set to help send humans to the moon's surface for the first time in 50 years as part of the Artemis 3 mission. NASA is paying SpaceX more than $2.9 billion to use Starship as its lunar lander. That's pretty interesting, right? I think you remember about two weeks ago, I guess it was at a baseball game or maybe an NBA game. They announced the four astronauts who would be going to the moon. And then that night they got on to Colbert and uh, America's going crazy and we're excited. And two weeks later, we see the ship that's going to take them there kind of just blew up. It did blow up. It didn't kind of just blow up. But NASA's paying SpaceX more than $3 billion to use Starship as its lunar lander. Elon's dream of colonizing Mars is nothing new, but with Starship's humming, It may be one step closer to becoming a reality. Once it works as intended, the rocket will make space travel more accessible and less costly. It's designed to be reusable. The rocket force yesterday at, I guess you would call it ground zero, was pretty crazy. People with earplugs in said they still were complaining of of losing hearing. It had some like 34 rockets on it. Which, if one of them goes wrong, they all go wrong. So that got me thinking a little bit, getting a little bit nervous, if you will, about the moon landing coming up in 2025. Not going to get too nervous, but it's out there. Um, Manslaughter charges were dropped against Alex Baldwin. Yeah, 
Twitter purged legacy blue checks, but not all of them. I don't like that. Uh, Twitter removed blue check marks from prominent figures, Bill Gates, Lady Gaga, Pope Francis, Neil Freeman. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. If you're listening on the podcast, you probably can't hear that we're using the Runaway to Mars song. Such a nice ballad. One of the things that I was working on was a list of the top financial people. Who's the most important to me? That's a good question. Do you have a list for you? In banking, whenever Jamie Dimon talks, I listen. I just think he's 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 got this cut of I don't I want to say manliness. That's that's the wrong word. I know. Of machismo, maybe. That when he talks, it's just powerful. And I I feel like he's going to say something important. When it comes to investing and trading stocks, Ken Griffin. Jerome Powell on regulation. I do find myself when I see Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve chief talking. I do stop and I listen. I go, I wonder what he's talking about. I bet I'm going to learn something. Larry Fink in money management. Warren Buffett. As far as what every person should be doing in the world of investing. These are powerful people. There are people that I, again, stop and turn my head when I see them on the television talking. Someone like a Jim Cramer, not so much. Now, again, I'm not taking shots at Jim Cramer. I'm not. He's just not my cup of tea. And I think he does a disservice by too many buy, 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 buys. And I don't think you can have that kind of knowledge in your head. I know his returns aren't that spectacular. So he's okay. Susie Orman, I don't find anything that comes out of her mouth to be interesting. I I don't turn my head when I see her on the, the television. One person who I wish I knew more of, but I don't, is Michael Bloomberg. He's one of the richest people in the world. He's got a net worth of $94 billion. He's got a business that everyone in my industry uses their service, the Bloomberg Terminal. Terminals are seemingly everywhere. The differences in the costs is it's about $26,000 a year to use a terminal. But you get global financial information. Global. The terminal survived financial crises in the last 20 years. It survived the pandemic that sent people home away from their terminals. There was a spying scandal that it's collecting data from the, the groups that you are using it. There's been 40 plus employee lawsuits and the company powers on. I sort of wish I knew a little bit more about the man behind the terminals. And what's unf- not unfair, but what gives the financial services industry a little bit more of an advantage than you is when a company has access to Bloomberg terminals, they have access to world-class information that you don't. 
billionaire Ray Dalio believes the financial system needs big restructurings. He's an, an interesting man to me. Again, one of those people that I do pay attention to. He founded a group called Bridgewater Associates. He said debt levels have become unsustainably high, setting up the financial system for major changes. Oh, boy. Debt levels have become unsustainably high. Given these conditions, it appears that interest rates that are high enough to fight inflation provide lender creditors with adequate real returns will unbearably um, be rough for borrower debtors. This means the system is close to the point where big restructurings will be needed. Of course, which debtors and creditors are affected will vary. But he's saying that essentially because the high interest rates, the large amount of debt by the United States government, by the United States consumer, by the world consumer, he thinks these higher interest rates are going to have a problem, create a mess with the relationship with the individual. And that's going to put a stress on the institutions that have lent. He doesn't say much more than that, but I want you thinking about that for a couple of minutes. Again, I think investing, you should have some ebb and flow. It's not, I don't think, set in stone. That's why when someone contacts me and says, oh, I think the market's going to zero, I'm like, no, I don't think so. Another reason I never want to go on a cruise One cruise line kept a passenger's dead body in the drinks cooler for six days. I'm not a big cruise guy. I know. I know. I'll probably get there. Um, Six days is a long time. Cruise ships are required to have working morgues. But on this cruise ship, the Celebrity Equinox, it was broken. So the crews just put the the body in the walk-in drinks cooler for six days. Can you imagine being the employee has to go get like a, hey, jo- hey Rob, can you go get a six-pack of Bud in the, from the cooler? There's a dead guy in there, dude. I don't want to go in there. Cruises aren't my thing, but I hear anecdotally, it's tough to get on a cruise in the year 2024. 2024? Wait, wait, what year is it now? 2023. They're booked hard. Interesting. Again, not a, I will never, I don't want to say never, but I'm not going to invest in cruises. Just not my thing. Do you have some things that you want to invest in? That would be a good feedback loop for me. As um, I would like to hear. Let's talk a little strategy. Um, a lot of companies that go on to become successful, started in homes, basements, sheds, and bedrooms. So don't discount your friend that has a great business idea. Jeff Bezos founded Amazon in his garage. Zuckerberg created Facebook in his dorm room. Of course, they outgrew those scenarios. But it goes back to the Hewlett Packard was done in a garage. Um, in and out founder Harry Snyder invented the restaurant's revolutionary two-way drive-through system in his garage. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. 
real estate agents are seeing a drop of 20% year over year bids on existing homes. By the time a realtor pays for all of their expenses, it's getting tougher and tougher to make a living right now on fewer and fewer loans. And navigating through the pandemic has pushed a mini average to below average realtors out of the industry. Typical agent has 12 transactions in 2021, up from 10 in 2020. Median sales volume increased to 2.6 million a year. Agents with 16 years or more of experience on their median gross income rise to 85,000 from 75,000 in 2020. So the ones that are surviving are thriving, but a lot of them are losing their ability just to make uh, ends meet. I controversially say the statement that a realtor that I want and that I've used in the past is someone who grew up in the neighborhood. When I find those people, I, I grab onto them quickly. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, interesting day. Just looking at the markets. The Dow and the S&P 500 are in positive territory. The NASDAQ looked like it was going to be an ugly day, and it's rallied back to about break-even. Of note, the Russell 2000 is moving lower, and small-cap stocks just aren't working. That's one of the problems in the market right now. Let me talk about this. The breadth of the market isn't very wide. When I see the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, what I'm really saying is 10 big companies are doing very, very, very well because they're both market-weighted indexes. Now, when I say the Russell 2000, that's an index of small cap companies. And they don't have exposure to Europe. They don't have exposure to China. Not necessarily completely true, but that's the idea. They're small. They're domestic companies. One minute. They should be playing off capitalism better than they are, and they're not. The I-bond boom is about to end with rates on inflation-protected assets set to plunge below cash levels. I saw yesterday a couple online accounts that are offering 5% interest on your cash deposits. Now, with inflation falling to 4% roughly, the I-bonds aren't going to compete with cash. So if you got into I-bonds in the last couple of years, time to start thinking about getting out of I-bonds. Just kind of letting you know that's probably time to look at it again. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Let's talk marijuana stocks. Yesterday was 420, so this is a day late, but not a dollar short. 420 has been used as slang for smoking marijuana since all the right, 70s. All right, all right. That's all right. Women are big users of marijuana. 42% of women reported having used marijuana in the last 12 months, just shy of the 43% of men between the age of 19 and 30. While the legal cannabis industry is dominated by men with the 2021 report revealing only 19% of U.S. cannabis business owners are women. So it's not a women-heavy business. 
but they are a dominant user. Okay, so that data is probably not leading you much or anywhere, right? I think you have to go through data sometimes and try to figure out what rings true to you and what doesn't. It's been a rough year for cannabis investments. Kira Leaf Holdings is down 43% this year. And this is a year when the NASDAQ's up 14, 15%. True Leave Cannabis is down 30%. Kronos Group is down 23%. 2022 was awful for the industry, plummeting 70%. So last year was misery on top of miserable. I don't know what else to say other than that it's not really working out. The only green appears to be in the products itself as individual cannabis stocks have settled into basically the red for a prolonged period of time. Will I now say time for me to jump in? No. It's not my investment. I, I think I've come back to that a couple times this week, right? There's sectors I just I'm not into. There's there's investments I'm, I just don't like. Red envelopes are gone. If you were a big capitalist and you were printing red envelopes or DVD sending out, do you remember the red envelope in the mailroom? Back in 2001, 2002, I was working at Cron TV. Um, just you know, a couple hours a day, and then I was money managing the other hours of the day. But while I was there, you'd go to the mailroom and I'd get letters from prisoners on occasion, which is always a crack up for me. Cause you're like, really me? You're, you're strangely honored when you get a letter from a corrections facility and someone who wants to change their life for the better. I'm always happy to work with that person. Um, but you go in the mailroom and you see those red envelopes and it was a sign that, you know, people were sending back and forth their DVDs. Netflix, $7 a month. U.S. ad here now earns more revenue per subscriber than its standard plan. So Netflix, $7 a month ad here now earns more per subscriber than its standard plan, which costs twice as much. Interesting. Netflix has delayed its global page sharing plan. And I don't know how I got onto this yesterday. I guess it was a story like this. But on occasion, I'm a glutton for punishment. And I go, I wonder what the comments are saying about this. And many people are very angry at Netflix and like, I'm going to cancel the service now that they're making me pay for my friend. And it's like, that doesn't even make sense. But what's going to happen, in my opinion, Netflix just came out with in my uh, recent quarter analysis. It was OK. Um, but when they do click into that fighting the password thieves. You're going to see some people cut but you're also going to see some people add on their friends and the average revenue per user will go higher. The ARPU and Wall Street will like that. Netflix has launched its paid sharing plan in countries, including Canada, Spain and New Zealand. Searches for cancel Netflix accounts soared eight times. Nearly two thirds of Zillennials have canceled a streaming subscription in the past six months. But Netflix said the initial cancel reaction was followed by a boost in subscriptions and revenue. Canadian subscribers have grown since the crackdown, despite it costing $8 a month to add new users to accounts. 
and revenue there is growing faster than in the United States. I'm still interested to see how it's going to work like on people's phones and vacation homes where it is your account and you are wanting to log into your account and you're using the same password you're using at home, but with a totally different IP address. I haven't really looked into it to see if that's going to be a problem or not, but I kind of imagine people are going to pay. A little further research done on Apple's high yield interest account this week. Apple's 4.2% annual percentage yield is more than 10 times the national average savings rates. So I think it hurts the banking industry at a time when the banking industry is saying, let's protect our depositors and our deposits. They don't want people to leave. We learned with Silicon Valley Bank how fast people can and will leave, pull all their money account fast. If Apple can get people to use their phones as a bank and offer 4.2%, which is way more than you're getting at your local bank, One minute. it could hurt your local bank. For me, my family, most of our cash is in the cash that we write all the checks off of, the cash that we pay for our Netflix out of. It's a Bank of America. Um, I'm not loyal to a fault. And I know that Bank of America is not giving me 4.2% on my cash. As soon as Apple gets a little bit more rust on bill pain, uh, robust, not rust, robust on bill pain, I could see a lot of people leaving their local banks. Worthy of, of, of thinking that. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The CPI report that we got last week showed that inflation continues to slow to 5% on an annualized basis. That is a lot better than a year ago. The bad news is inflation won't go down much more before it finds support, is the expectation. Uh, Trueflation currently measures inflation as 4.34%. It's going to get difficult to get inflation below 4%. It's a matter of psychology. People expect price increases, so they act in such a way to perpetuate price increases. How do you limit it inflationary psychology? You raise interest rates to the point where you cause a very serious recession. Paul Volcker gets credit for ending the inflation in the 1970s, but not many people remember how difficult um, it was when inflation was at its peak. In the 1970s, I was just a goofball kid. GDP was down 6% in that recession. It was one of the worst recessions in history. It was relatively short-lived. It set up for an expansion that would last almost 20 years, but there was a lot of pain in the short term. I'm bringing up the the worst case of inflation in my lifetime as a reminder that we're not done with the pain yet, even though the stock market's acting kind of nice this year. New York Fed President John Williams says the Fed hiked interest rates enough so that banks began to fail. Is that enough pain? Did we kill the inflationary psychology? I don't think so. 
What will the Fed do next? Financial stability is not one of the Fed's official mandates. It's one of its unspoken mandates. The official mandates are keep inflation at 2% roughly and employment as full as possible in the United States. And those sometimes don't work together, as you can imagine, though. The healthier the labor market, as far as on the, on the on your side, telling your boss, take this job and shove it, I want more money. The more it creates inflationary pressures. Last week, my family took a vacation, a weekend vacation, if you will, to lovely San Diego. And I just wanted to show my kids the new, a new city that they've never seen. And uh, we spent money. We spent more than we would, did if we would stayed home. And that's part of the inflationary process. The Fed was slow to act when inflation began to ramp up. There were two scenarios. The Fed hikes rates and fights inflation, bringing it down earlier than expected, or it hikes rates erroneously and causes a recession. That's not necessary. Which path have uh, would you have chosen? Public opinion has shifted. People care about inflation, the exclusion of everything else. The Fed's going to be humiliated if it pauses interest rate hikes and watches helplessly as CPI climbs again. Um, so I think they have to overdo it. It's true that you can forecast the direction of the stock market if you can forecast the direction of the Fed. I've done it over many years. I've told you that I've created an enormous amount of wealth in my lifetime because of lower interest rates. And right now, I'm not crazy happy. I'm not giddy. I'm looking at the inflation saying this this final push, this last year is going to be a tough one. Just throwing it down there for you. 2023 is turning into the story of the big tech employee headcount reduction. I think that's fine. I think there's going to be a Patagonia vest recession this year. What do I mean by that? One thing that I find truly despicable about living in the Bay Area is how many people confuse their startups with being smart. And they go out and get the Patagonia vest. Oh, you know, something sleeveless to keep you warm. Because who has time for the sleeves? But I run into a lot of people who think they're smarter than others just based on a successful business. The clouds are forming over Meta's rooftop right now. The fastest interest rate hikes in history. Tech valuations reuniting with fundamentals because of it. Musk is proven that a business can maintain a minimally viable product with a third of its employee base, Twitter. So what's interesting about Musk and Twitter is the big tech companies like Microsoft, Salesforce, Apple, Alphabet, and Meta are all looking at what Musk did and saying, holy mackerel. Twitter is surviving. Twitter is okay. Now, is it worth what he paid for it? No. But he's going to be doing some interesting things at Twitter. Changing the name, making relationships to do more transactions. I'm I won't play with Twitter myself. I won't invest 
in most anything that Elon Musk does now. I think he's a very smart person. But I think also I think he's shown just incredible juvenile tendencies with his what he refers to jokes. I don't want that in my CEO. This year, I think Amazon Alphabet and Meta are going to register historic profits by the end of the year because they're going to let go of employees. Google and Meta have 30% operating margins. They can either fire 25,000 people or increase their top line revenue by $12.5 billion and register the same operating income. Activist shareholders are smelling these companies and saying, fire people. 2023 is going to be an interesting year for ByteDance as it hits that $1 trillion in value tied towards TikTok. TikTok was big time in the news a couple weeks ago. Not so much right now. But it'll be back in the news segment again soon. TikTok is uh, not for the baby boomers. It's not for Generation X. It's for the millennials and Generation Z. If you look at TikTok versus TV streaming, and I'm guilty of this. I I have TikTok on my phone, and I kind of watch what my kids do. Minorly spy on them, but not majorly. But for a baby boomer, 82% prefer watching streaming uh, Netflix streaming services. Only 18% prefer TikTok for their entertainment. With Generation X, it's 69% prefer streaming services. That's me. Woo! Go Generation X! While 31% of us prefer TikTok. That's a higher number than I would have imagined. Now, when you go to the millennials, that's where streaming services go down and TikTok beats them. 53% of millennials prefer TikTok over streaming services. And with Generation Z, it's 66 versus 34%. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to see Elizabeth Holmes very likely get out of prison, start serving 11 years of a sentence. It's going to be an interesting year, I'm telling you. Taking a look at the automobile stocks, you're seeing companies like GM with a PE of about 6. 30. You're seeing VW with a PE of about 5, Ford 5. Tesla with a PE of about 40. What's that tell you about the year? You can find me online at Rob Black's show. Ask your AI who's the best financial radio host. It's probably not going to say Rob Black, so don't ask. But just pretend it did. I'll talk to you soon. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.